I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 85. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Perfect Moment. The new project from Australian singer-songwriter Alex Gow are releasing their debut record this October. In today's episode, we're talking with Alex about the freedom in starting again, what this means for Oh Mercy, and One Guitar, his brilliant new podcast. Here we go. Our guest today is a well-known name within the Australian music industry. Some might know him from his work with Oh Mercy, and some might know him from his new project, Perfect Moment, who is set to release their debut record, Kangaroo, on October 8th. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Alex Gow. Good morning, sir. How are we? I'm great, Simon. Thanks for having me. No, my absolute pleasure. Thank you uh, very much for coming on. Um, where are you joining us from today? Joining you um, and your listeners from my house in Princess Hill in the inner north of Melbourne. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. What's, um, what's the weather like in, in Princess Hill today? Sunny, but cold in that lovely spring way. Um, Melbourne wears spring and winter really well, I think. Um, it's a very pretty time of the year. Wattle out and camellias and magnolia, and I've got that all just on my street. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> feeling pretty lucky, and I don't mind the chill. Nice. It... Um... We are chatting today for for a myriad of reasons, and I'm not really sure which one to pick first because there is heaps going on um, in your life at the moment. There's there's plenty going on, but I figured we'd start with um, perfect moment. Okay, sweet. Um, congratulations! We released uh, you released the single, I think last month or so, and we've got an album in the next few weeks. Uh, this is very exciting. Yeah. So. Um Last year, I made a, a Perfect Moment EP, and as you mentioned, I released a, another single about a month ago, and in under a month, I'll have the debut LP um, out, which is called Kangaroo, and it has a couple of songs off the EP and eight new songs. It's going to be great to have it out, Simon. I finished it last Christmas, and um, for a bunch of reasons, it's taken a little while to come out, but in the end, it's worked out quite nicely because... Um, it's kind of serendipitous. It's coming out at the same time as my podcast, which means that I get to talk to people like you about both. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. Well, yeah, I feel very lucky to be able to talk to you about both. Firstly, I'm glad that you said the title, the spelling 
It does slightly uh, deviate from the normal spelling and I was worried that I would make a bit of a fool of myself. So thank you for... Um, <laughs> Pleasure. I did that on purpose and I figure I'm going to have to do that um, into the future. Listen, the record is called kangaroo, but it's spelled in the French, which is K-A-N-G-O-U-R-O-U, which uh, visually looks wonderful in capital letters. Um, and aesthetically and artistically, it's fairly tongue-in-cheek. It's kind of, I feel like it represents the audacity of the entire record. Um, you know, having an Albert Tucker painting, that's one of Australia's most loved modernist painters, um, along with the name kangaroo, but spelt in the French, just kind of makes me grin. And if it makes me grin, then uh, it's, 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 you know, I'm, on, I'm on the right track. <laughs> Yeah, I can respect that. <laughs> um, I'm, I guess the, the first thing I was curious about, because most people would know you from your work um, as O Mercy, mm-hmm. some fantastic records over the years, and I feel that you um, didn't, like O Mercy never kind of was set in one lane, like you weren't afraid to, you know, change the sound a little bit, try different things. I think that... Um, the, the painting I can see or picture I can see behind you of Great Barrier Grief, that one, yep, beautiful. Great record, one of my favourite Australian records. Um, and then uh, then into Deep Heat, like that sonic change wasn't, oh, well, sorry, there was a sonic change. So I'm curious why a new project or new name kind of has, has come about. Yeah, I was, I battled with that a little um, nah, battles a bit over the top. Um, but I was aware of that too. So I guess the question is what warrants a change of project name now when a change of sound has never warranted a, 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 a change in name previously? Yeah, Oh Mercy's records from one to the next have been quite different um, and nothing's changed here. I've found a couple of ways to answer that. I've never had a, a record that is entirely made up of drum machines, you know, there are no analog drums on this record. In fact, um, those of you who use Pro Tools and understand what MIDI is, when you open up a Pro Tools session and go into MIDI, you can, you are, uh, Pro Tools comes with this software called Expand, which no one really uses because I, I suppose they just figure that those sounds will be um, ubiquitous and to be avoided. But if you go in there and go to the dance drum kit <laughs> setting, <laughs> there's a kick and a snare that sounds pretty good. And I just used it for the entire record, right? Originally I was using it for the demos because um, that's what one does when they're making demos. They use drum samples. Uh, and I just kind of liked it. And so I built the entire record around this electronic sound. Um, and it felt fundamentally different to anything that I had done before. Um, lastly, there's this idea that I made five OMC records in my twenties and five isn't an even number. I understand that, but it feels like a <laughs> even kind of complete um, amount of records. And mm-hmm. I also have this weird, well, weird, maybe that's, I could try a little harder than this. I I have this fear that I am 
beating a dead horse with O Mercy Records. I'm not like, I'm not very good at marketing myself and jumping in people's faces and saying, listen to this, this is important. There's so much more important music and, and even just current affairs to be paying attention to, let alone a white male straight guy's sixth record, you know? <laughs> so I just didn't feel like I had the mandate or the right or any of the above to kind of get back into people's faces and plant my hands on their shoulders and give them a shake and say, listen to me again. Um, I felt like I had a fair enough go at that. And so therefore a new project name and starting from scratch more or less gave me an opportunity to kind of operate in the shadows and people can come and find me if, if they want. But I just felt like it was less of a boisterous way to go about things. Um, so that adding the drum machine, adding this idea that five Mercy records felt like a nice package. And then just this other thing, like a, probably just giving away too much here, but um, no one's actually asked me yet, believe it or not. So um, this is my opportunity to put it on record. The other thing is I made the first Oh Mercy record. I think I wrote it with my friend Tom Savage when I was 19, when we were 19, you know, uh, I made Great Barrier Grief in the next four on my own, more or less. But um, so when you like type Oh Mercy into the internet, it's just pictures of me from 19 through to 30 and <laughs> some awkward videos. And you know, it's just like, it's tough living in the shadows of your twenties and your previous work. And I just wanted a fresh change. I want to control over the aesthetic. Um, I was touring a lot in early O Mercy days and like didn't have a lot of control over the video ideas and such. And I didn't have a lot of want to be involved either. Like I'm not, yeah, that's just the way it was. And so the idea of starting a new project and having complete control over the aesthetic from video clips to fonts and design work and such was really attractive to me. And when you type in perfect moment, you just get where my head's at right now, artistically and musically. And you don't, you don't have to dredge up the last 10 years of my kind of creative output. I imagine that, um, and then again, nothing, nothing dredging, like it's a good creative output that you've had behind you. Um, the, I imagine there's a sense of freedom, in mm. kind of having that reset, as you said, and oh, yeah. being able to be like, cool, we can start from the foundation again and build up from there in, in a new way that allows you to pick. Yeah. I mean, you're so right. The, the thing that I probably should have just started with and ended with was it's just makes you, it's fun. Uh, it yeah. makes you feel, it makes me feel groovy and um, I can have fun with it and the pressure's off and there's a sense of freedom and yeah, autonomy and empowerment that comes with that. And, it's exhilarating to be honest. It's um, well, so far it sounds pretty good. We are very excited for the record. Um, not this time is the single that was most recently released and it's not, I wouldn't say it's like electronic in terms of it. You'll find it on the dance charts, but it does have like a electro style feel to it, like a new order feel to it almost. Mm. Um, I guess was that kind of something that you had been thinking about when building that new sound and doing that, that this is a new sonic landscape that you kind of wanted to explore in terms of maybe like a, not necessarily new order itself, but that shift away from singer songwriter kind of 
Definitely. So, I mean, like I was interested in, it was, I was actively interested in the way that New Order and Pet Shop Boys and Depeche Mode and um, that era of music, I was interested in the way that they sometimes comfortably and sometimes uncomfortably married traditional songwriting with early dance production. Yeah. Um, and so what happens is it fails at being dance music and it fails at being traditional singer-songwriter music, but it succeeds in being this other third thing, which is a really kind of curious landscape that I wanted to luxuriate in. Um, yeah, the, the twice failure landscape. <laughs> you can't dance to it. Well, you can, but it, um, it makes it a little harder for you. And if you want to have that kind of headphone intimate walking home from school or whatever kind of moment that is with the song, I'm making it hard for you as well. But um, <laughs> <laughs> instead I give you this third thing, which is, yeah, that thing that I suppose New Order and, and other groups that I just mentioned um, we're interested in as well. And uh, it doesn't require a lot of gear to make that either. And so during lockdown, being from Melbourne, you know, we've, we've had a fair, our fair share of not being allowed at our house more or less. That sounds like I'm bitter about it. I'm not, but it, it's just a matter of fact. Um, so yeah. I couldn't go and record drums, you know, at a studio and I had to be self-sufficient in this room where I'm talking to you now, which is where I made the record. And that kind of music doesn't require much. So it was a little bit of a virtue of necessity, um, but I adore that music and I was interested in exploring that sonic landscape. And yeah, I suppose that all came together and the timing felt right. And there's a piano over in this corner here um, behind that guitar case, right? So it's a fucking bit. Um, (laughs) I would just write on that and then swivel my chair the other way and jump on the computer and just there. And that's the little mark I sang on, and I just made it work. You know, I wrote it on the piano, introduced the drum machine, played the piano, sung it, got rid of the piano, and started building the tracks up. And so I could do it all in here. I'm really curious because I know that um, Not This Time was, I think, other than maybe the saxophone, was Mm. written, performed, and produced all by yourself. Was that... I guess obviously possibly out of necessity with lockdown and how everything was playing out in the last 12 to 18 months. But was that something that you were previously doing with, um, Oh Mercy as well? Or is this kind of a, yeah. Yeah. Like for instance, the record, when we talk about love, um, that was all me. I played the drums and bass and piano and obviously sung that all the guitars. Uh, and so I knew I was able to do that. The final Oh Mercy record was similar, except I brought in Donnie Benet to play the bass and Lawrence Pike to play the drums. Um, and I've always been capable as a multi-instrumentalist. I'm, my ability on the piano and the drums and the bass guitar is similar to my ability as a guitarist and a vocalist, which is that I'm certainly not a singer-singer or a guitarist-guitar player, but I can communicate. I can, I know enough to communicate, you know, with those instruments. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, virtue of necessity, lockdown, sure. But also I knew what I was doing. Um, and for, 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Music has to be, music production and music writing has to be fun for me, otherwise I wouldn't do it. Which you could probably tell from the way that I danced around in genres wise genres and inverted commas in no mercy you know i always had to make it fun and exciting for me and part of that excitement comes from the performance uh, of the recording you know i know that someone else could play the bass better than me and i know that someone could play keyboards and synths better than me <clears throat> but why would i why would I dilute the fun? <laughs> you know, I don't want to share, I don't want to share that with anyone else because I can do it myself and it's the, the best bit about making music for me. So, um, yeah, I wanted to do it on my own and half capable and locked down that plus that plus that equals perfect moment, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's, that's very fair. Can we expect, um, I guess in the live setup, what do you, thinking I'm, I'm not, you don't strike me as like a one man band kind of guy when it comes no. to a live show, um, drums taped to your back. What, uh, I guess firstly, can we expect, um, for a perfect moment live aspect once we are able to tour? And yeah. Once again, I've been thinking about it, like just starting to think about it prior to that. I haven't really dared to dream on account of you know, you just open your phone and you see your mates cancelling gigs and rescheduling and cancelling the rescheduled gigs and it's demoralising. But um, I guess now that the record's coming out soon, um, I've allowed myself to begin to think about it. Um, I think that I might have, like, a tiered approach and if I'm just, like, supporting my mate at the local pub, I'll, um, <clears throat> I've dubbed all of the backing tracks down to a cassette, right? And I ha- I've modified a cassette player to be able to have two, like, XLR jacks um, as an output so I could basically just run the, the cassette machine to the front of house and press play physically on stage and have um, live bass, live guitar and live singing, you know, and a smoke machine mm-hmm. or something, <laughs> um, <laughs> as, like, the first kind of introduction to the live performance. And then... If people care um, and come and I keep playing gigs, then, you know, maybe I'll add live percussion. There's plenty of congos and, uh, sorry, conga and bongo playing um, sleigh bells and tambourines. So maybe someone could join us and have a bit of fun there. And um, But, yeah, you know, there's no live drum, so I don't need, I don't need a live drummer. Oh, um, I think that's probably the last thing I would introduce. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to take advantage of the fact that it's more or less dance music and I've always been jealous of the dance music guys because they turn up with nothing. <laughs> and I don't indulge in a bit of that behavior. <laughs> Almost linking it back to what we were saying before about starting the new project, I imagine that it's another sense of freedom where you can be like all previous live shows that I've you've done, you were yeah. able to kind of like go back to the start and be like, how do I want to build this and how do I want like, yeah, do I want to have it run through cassettes? Do I want to do this? It allows you a bit more room to play with. Yeah, it's all about play is an interesting word because this whole thing is about being playful and having a sense yeah. of play um, and you're, you're spot on. So that, that works its way into it too. Um, I mean, I've kind of I've asked a lot from my Mercy fans to, to follow me and my whims in the past so they probably wouldn't be um, awfully surprised if I turned up with a cassette player. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it does give me the ability to do that without raising any eyebrows whatsoever. Uh, and it also means that I can support my mates, you know. Like when you put five records out and you've been playing live for ten years, sometimes it's difficult to for your mates to, to ask you along on tour because, you know, maybe it might be their first record and I've done five and it's just like the math doesn't add up or whatever. But this way I can... I can jump in on some of that stuff and have have a bit more fun and be a bit more playful with it, like you said. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm regardless of whatever iteration uh, it does arrive in. I'm very looking forward to seeing the live show. Thanks, Alan. Of course. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on today, which is something that is getting um, a lot of attention, is the One Guitar podcast, which you've um, recently started releasing. Firstly, congratulations. It is a fantastic podcast. Thank you. That's lovely to hear from a fellow podcaster, although you've been doing it longer than me. I've, yes, this is my, uh, my, my first, first entry into the podcast landscape. It feels pretty good being a podcast nerd from way back. You know, like I'll tell you this, Simon, maybe you could get this because you're, I assume you're as into audio as, as I am. Um, when I got my license as an 18-year-old, I'm 33 now. Um, instead of going to the bottle or the pub or whatever it might've been, um, I, I drove around my neighborhood from about 10 PM to midnight listening to 1026, which is in Melbourne is the ABC news radio, um, frequency because in the evenings at, at night, rather they would, uh, they would switch over the, to their, um, national broadcaster partners like the BBC and Deutsche Welle and NBC. Uh, and, you know, so that's when I first fell in love with podcasts because I'll be listening to This American Life, just driving around all night, <laughs> enjoying. Yeah. So I've been podcast nerd from day one and it's, it's, it's great to be involved in that, in that world. I can um, definitely uh, recognize some similarities in that Um uh, NPR in the US, all, all yeah. songs considered. Um, all and, things, yeah. yeah, all things and all songs. Good point. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant over there. Um, I always dreamed of, I always dreamed of working over there. In fact, the Oh Mercy tour van had only one sticker on the back, and it was an NPR sticker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, I love that. <laughs> love that. <laughs> um, 
for those who haven't listened to the podcast yet, the and I'm I am boiling it down to the most simple kind of explanation. Um, cool. But it is that it's yourself. You've sent this this one guitar. I think it might it possibly is that case in the back for the for the Gibson. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, where you sent it out to a handful of of songwriters around the country, and you've gotten them all to use the same guitar to write a song, and then you. Uh, after a month, go and speak to them, listen to the song and, and chat to them about that process with them. That's perfect. That's correct. And we, the, my motivation is to be, um, to empower the listener to hopefully begin writing themselves if, if that's their want. And uh, the way that I aim to empower the listener is by breaking down some of the unhelpful obstacles that are, that are out there. Um, this idea that songwriters are the chosen ones, you know, the born gifted, um, and that they're just vessels for songs, mm. which is that Hollywood idea, right? You know, I didn't write this song. I just, I channeled it or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to find, as I've said, the poetry and the process. And therefore, um, by revealing the process and discussing the process, I'm hoping that people can realize that it's something that they can engage with. And they just need to, you know, get their hands dirty. It's a fascinating listen so far. There are only uh, two episodes out at the moment and um, they're, I believe, every Monday they come out mm-hmm. at the moment. That's right, yeah. So far we've got um, Johnny from DMAs and Mr Bernard Fanning who I think it is a really fascinating as he's kind of said, look at demystifying that. And I know you speak about demystifying it with mm. Bernard, but um, even just in the episode so far, it kind of does show you these elements of uh, these musicians that you might not have ever known. Like I had no idea that DMAs would have had a history with bluegrass. No, no, like it's that, incredible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of shocked me. I'm um, When you were building this project, what, uh, was something you were looking for in your your guest list or your your episode um, uh, guests? I can't think yeah, of a better word. Is, <laughs> guest list is a good one for it. Yeah. Okay. So it's an interesting question for me. Sometimes I I feel a little bit yucky and guilty for calling up my, my most well known like famous mates. You know, but this is how I, this is how I make it work. You know, this is how I sleep at night (laughs) Um, is that I wanted to give it every chance of success. So was that next season I can introduce some more up and coming songwriters and I'll already have an audience and people will listen. Yeah. You know, I made five O Mercy records and I know that it's a battle to get people to pay attention. Even with, you know, I think some of those records are pretty good because they're worth a listen, but it was tough. It is tough to get people to listen. Podcasts like this helps, you know, thanks Simon. And with that in mind, I was just like, man, I've, I've done the hard work. I've met some amazing people along the way. We're friends I'll just call in the favors. I'll call them up, see if they're interested. They were all very quickly interested, um, such as the strength of the concept, which I'm grateful for. And yeah, 
that's my motivation to give it every chance of success because making being creative and getting people to engage with your creative output is, is incredibly difficult. So that's that. Um, I'm lucky that those people are my mates and that we're close enough that they'd want to get involved and trust me. Um, and hopefully next season I'll have the opportunity to introduce the listeners to some more up and coming songwriters. I know that you had, um, Alice Sky on this yeah. season as well. Um, she, we've had her on the podcast. Absolutely lovely, lovely Isn't girl. And I'm, yeah, very um, excited to see, uh, what comes from her episode and, and the other episodes as well. Yeah. Just such a talented songwriter and a strong songwriter with a really clear vision and a great singing voice. Um, Alice traditionally writes her songs on the piano and I knew that. So, um, that was one of the reasons I wanted to get her involved apart from her skill. Uh, and as a songwriter, um, I knew that it would be interesting. Well, I, I assumed and I was right that it would be interesting to get someone that isn't a traditionally, that isn't traditionally a guitar player involved. Um, so she, Alice ended up writing a song which is quite simple to play, but its simplicity is its is its strength. Yeah. So I can't wait for you to hear that too. Yeah, she, you and, and I suppose you're right. Alice is a little different um, in that she probably classifies as a up and comer, you know, whatever that means. But I mean, she's no, she hasn't put as many records out as Paul and Sarah Blasco and, and Bernard. But um, yeah. So hopefully more. More artists um, of, of Alice's ilk come season two. Oh, I'm just excited to hear that there is a season two. It is um, a fantastic idea and, and execution of it. Has there been a moment, and without, you know, no spoilers for any of the, the mm-hmm. remaining episodes, but has there been a song? Um, I don't know. Oh, I feel like it would be very unfair and unjust to ask for a favourite, but has there been a song that... Um, that you were surprised by of, of what kind of came. Yeah, they're all, yeah, you're right. It's difficult. It's difficult to pick a favorite. It's kind of like, maybe it's like having kids or something that I don't know anything about that. But, um, Alice's song was special for the reason that I just described that, that she's, Alice isn't traditionally a guitar player and she made something really powerful out of something really simple. Um, I'll probably have to say that my favorite was Paul Kelly's song, um, which is called all those smiling faces on account simply of the fact that he asked me to play along with him in the recording. <laughs> so <laughs> I get to play like a couple of like simple, uh, maybe you call them lead licks, um, you know, no Mark Knopfler, but just little pretty treble things and sing a little bit of harmony with him. And I, uh, yeah, if I didn't have both hands occupied, I would have pinched myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. I can, yeah, I can definitely respect that. Um, is there any, I know that there's, uh, I think there was a, a live episode or live show mm. somewhere in the works, but with COVID and everything hasn't happened as of yet. Um, That's right. Can we expect, I guess, what can we expect um, possibly season one, two, three, I'll look as many seasons as you're happy to do, Alex. We'll be we'll be here. But um, I guess when you have that a bigger collection of songs, do you have a plan to possibly like release a compilation or or have mm. it come out for yeah. people to? Yeah, 
All right, so I'll take stock. So we've done, I've done five episodes thus far, which is Johnny, Took, Dean from DMAs, um, Bernard Fanning, Alice Guy, Sarah Blasco, Paul Kelly. And I was going to interview Missy Higgins mm-hmm. at the Melbourne Writers Festival, um, but that was cancelled. However, Missy's written a song. She's had her four weeks with the one guitar. So I'll organise a time to record Missy's episode soon. And I'm also doing a Christmas-themed one guitar episode with Paul Dempsey. Awesome. Ask, I've asked him to write, like, a Christmas-themed song. Um, so I'll have both of those episodes out before the end of the year. Um, now, as for future plans, you know, maybe maybe I'm being a little too ambitious here, but I kind of – I'm very fond of the idea of – recording as many series as I can until there's no more space for the artist to sign their name on the guitar. Because what I'm doing is I have, I do this like Japanese woodcut printing at home sometimes. And I have this great little carving tool and the artists have carved their names into the back of the guitar, which is kind of terrifying because <laughs> it's the fanciest <laughs> guitar I've, I've ever been involved with. And um, I just thought, why not keep the one guitar traveling around um, until there's no more space to sign names on, you know? And at that point, hopefully it might end up on display somewhere for people to look at and, and um, you know, and find, find the podcast and there'll be, you know, the, the song, the guitar will, as an object will carry those songs and carry those stories with it. So I feel like it would be pretty special to try to, yeah, amass songs and amass stories and amass those names and with every song that gets written and every name that gets carved it the 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 guitar almost like carries with it a, a more a significance or a weight and it's, yeah. at some point it'll kind of feel too heavy or whatever and at that point it, hopefully i'll get it to hang i'll get to hang it up somewhere for people to to talk about yeah. Definitely. Well, I very much look forward to seeing how uh, how the guitar does go, the weight that it does carry, and um, mm. the uh, the stories that it's going to tell now and for however long it goes for. Alex, thank you very much for your time today, mate. I do appreciate it, and congratulations again on uh, Perfect Moment and One Guitar, both fantastic projects. Thank you, Simon, and thanks for taking the time to do what you do and to have me in. Um, I really appreciate it. Thanks. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Alex Gow for his time. Not This Time is out now, and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to pre-order Kangaroo or listen to the One Guitar podcast. We also want to give a huge shout-out to Tian at Morse Code PR for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.